Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Sport of It's episode 45. Uh, I'm your host, John Marthaler, the only one of us who's not frozen is Brandon. He's in Dallas. Yo, this B. Feeling good. Brandon, Tropical you realize that it's been trees. below zero for like 48 straight hours here, right? I do. You know, it's funny. When you move away, it's sort of an out-of-sight-out-of-mind thing where you don't... It, it's harder to miss the winter when you don't know that it's actually going on, you know? So I keep the Minneapolis weather on my phone and I check it every morning just to make sure I'm really getting the benefits of not living there this winter, so... All right, I, I know you. very well how. <laughs> You're kind of a dick. Yeah. Returning triumphantly this week is Clarence. What's up, fuckers? How is Disneyland? I mean, Disney World. I mean, which one were you at? I'm not even sure. I don't Epcot. know. Which one's in Florida? SeaWorld. <laughs> that was yeah, SeaWorld. We, didn't, we did not go to Epcot. We did go to SeaWorld. It was, it was wonderful. It really was. It was great. Good. Yep. Oh, my God. Um, up in St. Cloud, Stu's here. Hey, I've got the uh, State of the Union on in the background here, and Obama just said he thinks the North Turner hiring is good. <laughs> oh, my so God. I, what a fucking... Impeach that man. That guy. Good this Lord. is not... Boy, I mean, I've been on board with most of his stuff, but boy, that's just... I, oh, I have a hard time with that. His approval ratings are going to reach con- congressional levels. Oh, well, in South Minneapolis, I think somebody just got a just a giant, you know. I was wondering what that was over the horizon to the north. That's that's <laughs> Grand Ball's boner. Manhandling yeah. his hug right now. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thought maybe it was and, another another NASA space shuttle launch that I saw. But <laughs> no, it was nope, just Rand. boner. Rand's boner. And no. after that little interlude, now you can't believe he agreed to be on this podcast. Uh, from hockey-reference.com, Hans Van Sluten is joining us as our guest this week. Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. It, you can still get out of this, you know. <laughs> I'll just hang up if I. Yeah, I, you can just go ahead and hang up, and we'll just do the regular terrible podcast we're used to. Yeah, yeah, right. that's true. All right, so Hans, you are the you're the manager of hockey-reference.com. I think Baseball Reference is probably the most famous of the sports reference sites, just because 
baseball is the biggest data ones, but you know, there might be people that don't even know that there's pro football reference and basketball reference and also hockey reference. So I, I think I wanted to start out by asking you your background and how you got into the field of sports data, so to speak. Sure. Um, well, as you can imagine, I'm my interest in statistics comes from a lot of baseball type stuff. So, I mean, I think uh, pretty much everybody who works at Sports Reference, and that's that's five of us right now. We're looking for somebody else right now, but um, we all sort of have a love for you know baseball statistics and stuff, and then we also do other sports. Um, so I got into it basically through, um, you know, the whole Moneyball and Bill James and all the, you know, the usual cliched way of getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, I started going to Sabre conferences when I moved back to Minnesota a couple years ago. And I, you know, I ran into people like Aaron Gleeman and, and Sean Foreman who runs, um, baseball reference sure. and sports reference. And I just got to, I just got to know a couple of them. And uh, just kind of kept in touch with them. And then when just recently, last fall or last summer, uh, Sean um, Sean put out a posting that they were looking for a new developer. And my background is in computer science. Um, so I have a, you know, a slight math background and a pretty heavy 15 years of software development, professional software development background. Sure. Um, I threw my name in and I said, you know, I know you're probably not looking for someone to work remotely, but if you're... If you're willing to do it, then uh, it's definitely something I'd be interested in. And it, everything came together. And, uh, you know, I've been here for, I guess, about two months now. And uh, it's definitely the best job I've ever had. So. Sure. Give me, a, give me a little indication of what you do in terms of actually managing the site and what you're working on, that kind of thing. Right. Um, well, obviously, uh, you know, Sean, and for people that don't know, Sean Foreman started Baseball Reference. You know, it's grown into the family of sports reference websites. Uh, which is professional football, professional basketball, hockey, college basketball, college football, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I think there's even an Olympic site out there or something, isn't there? There is. Yeah. There is an Olympic site, which is primarily focused on just the, the medal counts. Sure. Um, but I actually just... Pretty today, simple database. Yeah. Just, just counting. But today I actually pulled a lot of data out of that. Well, actually, over the last five days, I pulled a lot of data out of that and put it onto the hockey site. So now our hockey site has... Olympic stats, so oh. saves and stuff like that for the previous Olympics. Can you do me a favor and find Brian Rafalski's page and deface his Olympic <laughs> participation from last time around? <laughs> That's yeah, all I'm asking for. Somehow? Yeah, well, are, we, are you still allowed to sponsor a page? Oh, yeah. So I can how, sponsor Brian uh, Rafalski's page or the entire Olympics page? Yeah, yeah, can yeah. we put actual uh, JPEG of a wiener on there? <laughs> like how... How X-rated can we get? Sean has pretty pretty strict standards about uh, you can't be too offensive to the person because... Well, we're out. Yeah. That's (laughs) beans we're out. What is the most offensive thing we could call Brian Rafalski on Hockey Reference? Well, he is Polish. I mean, we could just state a fact that he's Polish uh, and just Just leave it at that. Just reminding people, just FYI. Just uh, just a heads up of a fact. Could we call him a wiener? Could you call him a wiener? Uh, probably not. You Ow. probably have to probably have to call him a sausage or something. A Polish sausage. A Polish sausage. That's, a, that's perfect. Yes. That's a pronoun. In a way. Yeah. That's an actual thing. What a brainstorming session this is. <laughs> I'm happy with um, this conversation. All right, keep going. Keep going with this Olympic stuff. Okay. Um. And I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit. That'll happen. So, 
Sorry, Hans, I feel sorry. You had no idea what you were getting yourself into. We've talked about um, boners and sausages and wieners so far. Five so, so I should say, I should say though that it's it's important for me to say that, um, you know, Sean and up until recently, a, a man named Justin Kubatku worked at Sports Reference, and he actually created a large number of these sites. He created Hockey Reference. He created Pro Football Reference, or not Pro Football, Basketball Reference. Basketball. I emailed um, him today, actually. Small yeah. enough world. So he's a a really smart guy. Um, and so when he left Sports Reference last year is when Sean needed to bring in more people to sort of take over a lot of this stuff. And so um, I'm primarily focused on the Hockey Reference site. Um, my goal is to, you know, make it the premier stat site for hockey. You know, there's a ton of stuff I want to do for the site. Sure. And Sean and Sean leaves a, a lot of, uh, he gives us a lot of freedom to sort of like think about what we want to do. You know, he has editorial control, but he definitely wants us to like, you know, push these sites as the best we can. So. You mean in terms of uh, different ways to measure value or just adding more historical uh, backlog sort of things or right. both? It's really both. I mean, it's there's. I have pages and pages of feature requests from people, and hmm. uh, we do have to, you know, we do have to balance the two different sort of groups of like the, just like in baseball, you have the people that care about the the original stats, saves, points, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, and you really want to have as as thorough a historical background as you can on the site for those kind of people. Sure. And but but then my obviously my uh, my interests lie in a lot of the more modern. Um, hockey statistics and baseball statistics and stuff. So, you know, my goal is to sort of bring, start bringing some of that into the site more too. Um, so it's, you know, it's a balancing act. There's, you know, there's just a lot of feature stuff. You know, we've added some new search engine functionality um, and I'm working on a search engine for the entire site, mm-hmm. uh, baseball reference, basketball reference, all those things. So, you know, there's, like I said, my background is primarily computer science. So I spend a lot of my time, you know, just building new features for the site. But, um, you know, we also have to try to create new statistical ways of, you know, determining value, which is really hard in hockey compared to baseball. Sure. I mean, I'd imagine it is. Yeah. Base, baseball has the advantage of being a series of discrete events. So you just yeah. try to record what happens and measure it there, whereas hockey and I suppose basketball and basketball are not that, not that way at all. Football, I guess, is a little more. But Well, I mean... Uh, Basketball has the advantage of being a very high-scoring game, so yeah. there's a lot of there's a big sample to work with, mm-hmm. um, and there's lots of different statistics too that you know that have a certain amount of value, right? Right. Whereas hockey, you know, scoring is basically random, so um, which is why we which is why that they, it never happens to certain players. Kyle Brodziak, looking at you. Jesus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean the whole the whole wild team suffers yeah. a lot from that but um, but uh but yeah so hockey that's why the, in hockey statistics we focus a lot more on uh, shooting the advanced stats look more at shooting because you're, you're just really trying to find um possession mm-hmm. possession is the biggest determiner of who's going to score more so well, so with something like that um when you're trying to look at new ways to find value within um within a sport do you just basically start with a hunch? As you said, we think possession might lead to, to more scoring, and then you have to go and do some sort of regression analysis and look back at years and years and years and years and data of data and then try to find some value in there somewhere. Is that the way to – and then you can kind of take that and move forward? Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, Sean, 
Sean made a, uh, a comment that he, uh, he hates throw it at the wall uh, analysis, where you basically just try to do regression on a million different stats and see if anything sticks. Mm -hmm. you know, he, he really likes to look, you know, make some educated uh, theories and then try to test them and see if they, 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 they work out. So, um, you know, that's, that's really what it comes down to is, um, and you know, a lot of the, a lot of the great research has been done by just, you know, random people on the internet. I mean, with Corsi and Fenwick and uh, PDO, you know, a lot of those ideas came out of seemingly nowhere. Very smart people, but uh, well, you know. the the great thing about those three stats is they're not named after anyone except for the people who came up with them. I don't I don't know how many people are aware of this, but PDO is named after a message board poster, a guy from an Edmonton Oilers message board who used the handle PDO, and that's where PDO one of the, Connor, one of yeah. the th one of the top three advanced stats in hockey today comes from a guy who randomly posted on an Edmonton message board. So that's hockey stats for you. Well, <laughs> let me just ask about that. Um, is it just because it's just really in the infancy of being looked at from an analytical perspective? Because I think baseball, I just have always been obsessed with baseball stats and basketball stats, and I can just tell that baseball is so much more advanced uh, because people have been thinking about it longer than they have for basketball. Is it is that a factor with NHL, or is it just you know that there are so many limits to to what you can measure, and, and like you said, there's just way too much randomness for it right. ever to be as indicative as baseball? Well, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's a couple things. I think it's a it's a mixture of both. It's one, it's very hard to measure these fluid games, but it's not impossible, and you know, computers do amazing things. If you look at the NBA now, they've really taken on advanced stats. I mean, you can go on their website and see where everybody's moving around on the floor and stuff. So, you know, if you think about where baseball has um, pitch effects and field effects and all these things, the other sports are gaining these things. Um, mm -hmm. And as you get that information, you can start sort of building, like, who was, where were these people when the shift scoring was happening? And, you know, once we have that data, um, I think there's no limit to what, what you can do. And hockey, I think, is it's it's an older school game. You know, it's they've never really relied on advanced, on statistics too much. Um, so it, that's actually one of the most interesting things, things to me because it is so new right now. Whereas mm -hmm. baseball, it feels like it's really hard to make a dent because, you know, offense has been pretty much figured out, you know, the value yeah. of offense. Well, not only the value of the well, offense, but everybody knows exactly the point of, of what's going on in the game. Like, this guy is supposed to go from first to third if he can on that single. There's no other assignments or communication with, with another player, and that's what's really difficult for me for with hockey is if you do look at positioning on the ice, this guy was caught in the corner when a goal was scored. That might be a little bit too obvious of a point, but you don't know exactly where that guy was supposed to be at all times, right? Because there's different positioning tactics and all that. And I'm just, oh, yeah. it's hard to think about how to, to tell this guy, this guy was for sure out of position when maybe he told another guy to cover for him, you know, that sort of thing. Well, you but, can get, oh, go ahead. Wait, no, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Expand on that. Then I have a question. I was just going to say my hockey knowledge is based entirely on emailing Clarence and being like, "All right, I know Healy sucks, but tell me what to watch for." He'll be like, "Well, watch defense." <laughs> I can't wait till they get tracking on NHL players because it'll be like, "Wow, Danny Healy's dot never gets behind his own blue line on defense." I don't know how <laughs> like, that's possible. Uh, or measure the speed of back checking. Yeah, it's like, "Wow, he's one mile an hour." Wow. How's <laughs> Why? That? Well, there's fluff going past him. Leads into my question, Hans, is I think the limits to baseball stats, you mentioned how, how advanced offensive stats are in baseball. Everybody kind of understands them. They're far more advanced 
than defense. That's that's really the limitation in baseball right now. It's is measuring defense defensive value. Uh, I question a lot of it in baseball, but it's it's far more the defensive metrics they use are far more valuable than they are in hockey. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult to measure defensive value in hockey. And you talk about puck possession, and I, I understand fully what you're talking about, but not everybody's role on the ice is possessing the puck. And just because they don't have it as much as the next guy doesn't make them less valuable. My point being, Clayton Stoner, you know, take away, let's not talk about his ability, let's talk about his role. His role is not to possess the puck. It's not what they're asking him to do. Yeah, he really they're doesn't even need a stick. Well, the point oh, being, I love that idea. can you measure... Shut up, Brandon. <laughs> My point being, can you measure Clayton Stoner's effectiveness by puck possession? No, you can't. His but his yeah. job is to take the puck from the other guy and then move it to a forward. Right. That's his but job, not to, not to hold it and bring it up. I thought possession was a team stat, though. I didn't think it was an individual stat. No, it is. And Corsi, Corsi measures possession while he's on the ice for the whole team, you know, versus... So it's basically sure. shot, it's shots for the team versus shots against the team. So it's, yep. you know... It's, and so the the point is is to look at it and see like for instance let me just pull it up here like Stoner has a minus five point two Corsi on per sixty minutes so basically there's there's five fewer shots um, on average five fewer shots on average than uh, when he's on the ice so basically what it's from the wild so, so basically so what, what we're saying is if he's minus five percent the other team is taking fifty five percent of the shots while he's on the ice yeah or fifty. Two, I guess, fifty-two and a half. So he's bad. So yeah, he's he's not great. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so he's basically he's not he's not providing as much value as someone who's like like Koivu, who's like at fifteen point five, um, and he's the highest on the team. Um, Parisi's like eleven. I hate when these stats don't confirm my prejudices. <laughs> yeah. No, well, this is bullshit. Stupid well, again, stats. Well, yeah. One thing I want to roles. I want to qualify that too. Is one thing, Corsi is, it does not work well with small sample sizes. Now we've got about a half a season of, of stats now, so these numbers have, you know, stabilized a bit. But, um, you know, Corsi is not good for one game at a time because things because hockey is so fluid and this, you know, there can be wild fluctuations. That's why you also want to look at PDO, because you know if you're now the Wild's PDO is around a thousand right now, which means, um, for those that don't know, PDO is basically if you know what in baseball what BABIP is, where it's sort mm-hmm. of like a measurement of sort of luck, but not quite luck, but mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what PDO says. It basically says that your shooting percentage plus your save percentage on app will always regress, will generally regress back to 1,000. Yeah, there'll be one or two outliers every single year, but the other, right. yeah. yeah. And so, and it is very similar to, to BABIP in that it's, you know, some people do have just a naturally low PDO, and some people have an, some teams have a naturally high PDO. But in general, it's going to go back to a thousand. Now, the Wild is about a thousand right now. But if you look at teams where it's like nine sixty, that means they're just having a really bad run of luck. Because if you look at what that means, shooting percentage plus save percentage, it basically means that scoring is random. So the goal, and that's something that advanced statistics, you know, in hockey is kind of showing, is that scoring is random, so what you need to do is get your shooting up as much as possible to give yourself more chances to score. No, I want to stop you real quick. Who mm-hmm. takes the most shots on the wild? Who takes the most shots on the wild? Let me pull that up real quick. You're, you're saying the point is to take as many shots as possible. Who, yeah. 
Uh, Zach Parisi, 148. Followed by Jason Pominville, 142. There you go. Which makes Where does sense. Zucker rank on that list? Is is this measured by... Dude, Zucker's per terrible. Six. He's 16th. He's has 37 per, shots all year. No. Yeah, but he's no, played in like 10% of the my, games. Take a oh, giant step shot back. Percentage. This is okay, cumulative. Thanks. I'm talking about per 60 minutes. Oh, then Zucker okay, is like... He's 6th. Okay. Prosser, <laughs> Cook, Pominville, Broden, and Fontaine are higher. <laughs> Did you just say Broden? Broden. What's his name? Get off this podcast. <laughs> That's all right. He's trying. John Broden. <laughs> oh, Lord Almighty. You're, he's trying, John. You guys aren't fans of John Brody? Uh, Stu, right, I'm sorry, Hans. Stu, who is Brandon referring to here? Pomineville. I have better. no idea. Oh, you do, Joe. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> That's Jonas Brodine for everybody Brodeen. who's not a hockey fan and listening to this podcast. <laughs> a good rule of thumb is in hockey. Is the name is never pronounced how it looks. Yeah. So it's not it's not Zach Price. <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, One of my goals is to, this year soon is to add the pronunciation keys to the hockey players on the site, though. So. Oh, that would God be really useful. Good luck. Good luck mm-hmm. with all that. So you got to take a month off. Advanced Russian course in advanced <laughs> Russian, and then Czechoslovakia. And then, well, yeah. good luck. Yeah, you only have to learn about twenty different. No, actually, things. we. Uh, one thing that one thing you know the way to make the way we make sports reference sort of a profitable enterprise is that we don't do data entry ourselves we find data sources we have you know a lot of we have volunteers we we buy data sources from people um you know Dan Diamond who puts together the official guide and record book for um the NHL every year mm-hmm. we buy his data and sure. we basically load it in huh. um and, and he actually has pronunciation keys in his book and so it's just a matter of really getting those things loaded up and tied to our data. So, oh, cool. Um, yeah, we don't do data entry as little as possible. So, so you don't wake up every morning and look at like Wild three or Edmonton one, twenty four no, shots. You know, just okay. Good. No, we have a we have a daily service that uh, provides that data to us. Okay. All right. Very cool. For the sake of your sanity, thank God. Yeah, yeah. It's a team of overseas child labor. That you got. <laughs> yes. We're very pro child labor around here. Yes, absolutely. Clarence has all his kids out in the in the field right now, pl- plowing. Yep, they're shoveling snow. So shoveling the snow. For for the edification of people who might not be too into advanced stats in hockey, like say Brandon, get, give us a little primer on the difference between Corsi and hey, Fenway. Hey, just 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 to interrupt you. I was the guy. I was the one that introduced all of you idiots to HockeyReference.com. That's why we're having this interview because I know about it. So just all right. Because you, you couldn't continue. figure out how to click on the sort by column at the top of a standing thing, <laughs> and Hans had to come on Twitter and correct. <laughs> I did not know that part. No, yeah. We how we got there go isn't important. All right, let me click just, through. Yeah. <laughs> so and actually, I, w- I think we should talk about. I think we should talk about briefly about the the SRS, just because you guys talked about it so much. And uh, yeah, that's basically the only stat we talk about these days. Yeah, I wanted to focus. SRS. I wanted to focus on SRS for most of the time, if possible. I, I'm obsessed with SRS and win probability. So I'd love if you can, um, if we want to go there now or, or save it for a few minutes. Either way, I, no, I'm really, really interested in both SRS. those concepts. Okay. So basically, SRS is it doesn't even it doesn't even have an author who created it because it's it's a mathematical concept that's been around for so long. And if you go to Pro Football Reference, um, 
there's a really good description on the, the blog there of how it kind of works. It walks you through sort of an example of how to do it. But, but basically all it is is taking a point differential between what they scored versus um, what their opponent scored and then comparing it to the average point differential across the league. Um, or, uh, sorry, point differential against their opponents. And so, um, and so doing that, you can, you can find out sort of, you can determine the strength of their schedule and, um, and, uh, sort of their, their number of goals above average. Sure. So like, um, so if you beat Buffalo by seven goals, it doesn't actually help you at all in the SRS because everybody beats Buffalo by seven goals. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's one thing is uh, one thing to keep in mind is SRS is not it's not war. It's not you know, it's not something that takes into account a ton of different things. It literally just takes into account point differentials. Sure. And so it's it's a good it's a good sort of judge of like and it doesn't consider like, you know, games where like if it if they blow out a team 10 to one, um, you know, it considers that more important than the fact that, you know, if everybody knows that that was that was just like a you know, a nothing game. SRS doesn't know that. It thinks that was great. Um, <laughs> SRS doesn't know that former North Dakota coach Dean Blaze pulled his goalie with two minutes left in the first game. <laughs> right. okay, <exactly>. um, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't take into account uh, scoring effects, which, you know, that's something that gets into an advanced stats, whereas where things like, you know, with in the third period, um, teams play more conservatively. When teams have a big lead in hockey, they play more conservatively. So they their shooting percentage goes way down when they've got a, you know, a one or two point lead in the third period. Um, and so that, so you have to take that kind of stuff into account with a lot of the advanced stats. And, you know, SRS is a really good judge of like, you know, is this team playing above or below what their schedule looks like right now? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just sort of a rule of thumb, like sort of like, you know, like the wild right now are negative 0.04, which basically says they're playing to about their strength right now. Um, and That's disappointing, honestly, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. but also, you know, and looking at, but looking at their other stats, I would say they're actually punching pretty high above their weight right now. Um, well, that's what I keep going off about over the past couple of weeks is that they should be going into a tailspin any day now and they keep winning. So, so well, Hans, when you I say looking at their other stats it, for, for a casual fan who's interested in maybe looking beyond just, uh, the standings to see how a team is actually doing. Um, you know, it sounds like you're suggesting look at SRS, but that's not really an all-encompassing thing. What other numbers are you just glancing at right now? If you have 30 seconds in the, to see how a team is from you know quality perspective, what would you look at? Well, it's kind of heresy because we don't have it on our site yet, but I promise to have it on the site this year. Is like I said, it's PDO, Corsi, and Fenwick are okay. the ways that I just look to get a, just a general idea of like how is this team doing right now. And you think those three and SRS are kind of all on par with each other? You need to probably all four would, of them in tandem. I would say uh, no. I, I mean, I think SRS, SRS we use on our, you know, we use it on football, we use it on basketball. It's a good for a general ranking a team. But if you want to yeah. look at, if you want to break down the team even more, yeah, then I want to look at Corsi and Fenwick and stuff. And I would even say the reason why. Well, now I should probably explain what the difference between Fenwick and Corsi is. I guess. Yes. Sure. Um, <laughs> They're basically the same thing. Um, Corsi is shot differential, which is goals plus saves plus missed shots plus blocks. Um, Fenwick is the same thing without um, blocks. Or no, without 
without yeah, yeah without block shots. Without blocks. And why does why do they eliminate block shots? I mean, it's still a sh- what is the logic behind it? Because there's some evidence that blocked shots is a skill, um, and it's not sort of it's not something that sort of is pretty standard across the league. It is something that seems to have a little bit of skill involved with it. So it's well, not just block shots or getting your shots. No, yeah. it's, it's not. So As somebody that is, has actually stood in front of somebody that's taking a you know ninety mile an hour slap shot, it's a it's a mixture of skill and well, stupidity. You can call it either stupidity or or passion or courage. Too. But, but I'm there is a drunk, drunk it's not just some random. Yeah, it's not just some random thing that happens. Um, no, and, yeah, no, I mean, so. uh, I guess when I say, keep in mind that when I'm talking about, you know, random and stuff, I'm talking from a mathematical sense and not from, a, you know, sure. boots on the ground sense. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about large sample sizes. And so um, what, the, what they found with, um, in terms of when you do a regression and you are not, when you do a correlation, Fenwick correlates much better um, with scoring or with, yeah, with scoring over time than Corsi does. Uh, the reason why we use Corsi is because um, you need a bigger sample size because the sample size is already so small mm-hmm. that Corsi just lets you have more events that allows you to... So so Fenwick is better for team stats because you have a big enough sample size. But Corsi is generally used for individual stats just because um, you just don't have enough sample size if you take out the blocks as well. So Well, that was my question is... By the way, you talked. Hold on one sec. I would. I just want to say that that right there might be the most useful piece of information we've ever had on the podcast. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Is so you you talked about a lot about team stats. How do I compare team A to team B? And my question was going to be, what's the most effective stat for measuring or comparing player A to player B? How can I tell if you know Heatley is better than Yager versus Brodziak, how does Brodziak compare to, say, a potted plant? Uh, <laughs> yeah. what? Uh, who, who provides more value? Um, and you're saying that, well, you explained it perfectly. Yeah. That's all I had. All right. Yeah, so uh, basically it comes down to you just got to watch the games. <laughs> well, that's, that's well, where I'm, I'm coming from, so I'm uh, out. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, I want to I wanna be, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I was not a hockey player. I love the game. I grew up in Minnesota. So, um, but, you know, I defer to people that have, you know, played the sport and especially, you know, whereas something like baseball is so much easier to sort of quantify things like hockey. There's still so much that's unknown that, you know, we can't make sweeping statements about stuff and be like, this is how things are. You know, it's, we're in the very early stages of advanced stats and, you know, I'm the first one to defer to someone who's played the game and knows the game before I'm going to, you know, quote some stat at them about it. Um, Clarence, would you like to rebut not making sweeping statements about hockey? <laughs> or anything in particular? I love generalizations. <laughs> I, I generalize all Generalizations are the foundation for wisdom. And uh, I, I do it all the time. Uh, so That is I, the least wise thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, we just said the most useful and the least useful thing back to back on this podcast. You sit and think about that, and yeah? uh, okay. all right. it, it becomes more true. But that's fine. No, I'll you get sit, that on the way home. Yeah, you sit down there and. and uh, with the palm trees. Um, I have a question on two other stats um, from the site, Hans. Um, okay. One of them is point shares. Um, that seems to be the the kind of the all-encompassing goal sort yeah. of deal. And when I look at it, 
Um, I'm generalizing here, but yeah, of course. Um, oh, like, it's the key to wisdom. Hey, I'm, huh. I'm getting on board. This sounds great. Yep. Um, Foundation like, for wisdom, not key. Okay, something like eight out of the top ten in point shares are goalies. Is this just a, a, I don't want to say a flaw, but just a a deal with point shares where you just have to understand they're always going to have more? Or or is the argument that goalies truly are that important uh, to the sport? Well, I mean, I think there's, well, first let me qualify this that um, Justin put together point shares before I was here and Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on it's based on Bill James' win shares. Um, yeah. He used it in basketball, and then he, you know, he felt that it worked well with with hockey as well. Um, that said, I don't know all of the ins and outs of how he's implemented. If you've I've read the win shares book from Bill James, and it's it's quite the epic in uh, <laughs> in uh, mathematics. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I loved it in baseball too because it is really like you, like we've been saying, it's really difficult to to compare between positions. So you got some sort of a baseline between how important a position player is versus a pitcher. But this seems so uh, heavily skilled or skewed toward um, goalies. That was really surprising to me. I was like, do I have to just like not look at any of those guys? If we're talking about, let's say an MVP or something, should it be a goalie every year? Is that how it should be? Or Well, I think, you know, I kind of think of goalies as the catchers of hockey, whereas you really need to treat them as, or not even catchers, almost like a pitcher. You know, you got to treat them as like a totally different animal. Right. Um, and and they are animals, very different animals. <laughs> yeah. Oftentimes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're playing a different game out there. You know, they don't need to be the best skaters on the ice. Um, it's a they're playing a completely different game than everybody else on the ice, basically. Um, but I do think that they, you know, they're the ones blocking the goal. So obviously, they're the ones that play. You know. Every shot goes through them, but not every shot goes through every other player on the ice. So, um, you know, that's my way of kind of dodging the question. But uh, I think, like, <laughs> I think in general, I think in general, I think you do have to put, you know, a, a lot of weight um, on the goalie because, you know, because he is, because he's taking the shot every time. So, okay, yeah. that's fair. Um, okay, my last one is. Um, the statistic that I've been most obsessed with from all of your um, all of your sports reference sites has been win probability. Um, I'm just curious. And this is what, in this is for no reason that you just want to bet on these games, right, Brandon? You would never dream of this. No, no. Um, Gambling is no, illegal. Gambling is illegal. Don't do it. Yes, yet. yes, obviously. Um, I did gamble and I was bad at it, so that's not really the point. But um, I did notice that a lot of the win probabilities seem out of whack from what you would traditionally think if you look at two teams um, um, playing a game. And this was mostly basketball. But So I started getting really curious on how this is so far out of whack from what you would um, naturally assume. Um, so I'm curious what the general formula or you know how you guys have ever mm-hmm. have found – have found that because it's such a simple statistic when you look at it, you know. Um, but I have to imagine it's really, really. Intense. It's really not. It's not too bad, actually. I mean, um, that was again that was developed by Justin. Um, he he used it. You know, he actually was in a in a competition for you know determining winners in a over a season, and he actually won an ESPN or no the True Hoop. Yeah, true. Uh, he won it two years in a row, which this is exactly how I found uh, basketball reference was, yeah, this Justin guy uh, beat out the smartest, most analytical 
uh, mines kind of in the country just by using this wind probability thing. Um, that's why it's so interesting to me. Like there's something there that clearly other people don't understand or aren't looking at that he's, uh, that he's figured out. Yeah. And it's basically, you know, sort of a, it's almost like a, basically a Monte Carlo system where you're, where you're at least as far as at the best of, to the best of my understanding, it's basically a Monte Carlo system where you, you simulate a thousand different times, um, results and, you know, you, you know, that's where you get those percentages from. Now, the way that those are, you know, pitted against each other is, um, let me pull that up real quick because I'm going to. This is the most research we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> yep. There are actual facts being spewed out. We're looking stuff up. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Sure what to do. No. I, I know. Yeah. Well, I, have to, I have to imagine it's, um, you know, it's obviously different for every sport, but you have to look at what is the most um <laughs> forward-looking predictive um, statistics for every for every specific sport. So like hockey, for example, like you're talking about possession as being the most important. So that must be like kind of the main thing in basketball. I, I don't know what it would be, but that just a really fascinating idea that you guys would just throw this percentage out that's kind of a not even the hallmark of your of your site, but it's this incredibly powerful predictive thing that's smarter than basically every other smart guy around it's amazing to me well i mean you know they've done studies where um stock pickers like professional stock pickers don't beat like a a monkey throwing a dart at a board um, yeah so <laughs> no, they have like uh, there was uh there's been tons of those some waitress outperformed uh, the best stock guy in on wall street for months at a time picking stocks so well that's the thing too is i mean it's you know it's Sports are so there's so much randomness. I mean, that's what makes them interesting, because if they were if they just followed a, the plan every time, sports would be boring, and then yeah, the crowd would, would never theater. win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let me. I was digging around for something, so you guys can keep talking. <laughs> oh, it looks like everybody else is tuned out, which I totally no, get. I totally understand. No, I, yeah. Hopefully, the listeners. Well, they have tuned out. Let's be honest. I think the great thing about hockey advanced stats for me when I finally when I started learning about them was how how much intuitive sense they made which is not it's not always the case with I think baseball stats you can argue about you can argue about you know FIP and especially the fielding stats and they don't necessarily make intuitive sense and you really have to dig into them to understand them but well, when yeah yeah. When when somebody when I saw an explanation in hockey stats, which is basically all right, goal scoring's random. It's a little bit like batting average on balls in play. It goes up and down with no rhyme or reason to it. It's just sort of based on luck. The the main the main predictor of whether you're beating the other team or not is whether you have the puck more than them, which the number of shots a team is taking versus another team is a great proxy for that. It just it makes intuitive sense in terms of if you're watching a hockey game, the team that the team that appears to be winning is the team that's spending the most time in the other zone and that has the puck for most of the game. And when you can tell me that puck possession and shots attempted are related, it everything just sort of starts to fall into place. And and you're going to get a lot more fans of of the advanced stats when some of those things are intuitive. Like and, the BABIP is the best example of something that was counterintuitive, and I guarantee there are so many people who just decided not to care about advanced baseball stats anymore just because of that one point that people tried to make. Yeah. Like, if that's well, your point, well, fuck it. I'm not paying attention because <laughs> that can't be right. 
I mean, that's that's not to say that there isn't. I mean, there's a big backlash against advanced stacks in hockey. Um, Absolutely, there is. It's exactly the um, same as every other sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know the the idea that the idea that um, quality of shot doesn't matter as much as people think it does is a very controversial idea right now in hockey. And the advanced stat guys are pushing that, you know, it's really not about quality of shot. It's about just putting as many shots against the you know goal as possible. And that's a perfect example of something where that sounds like a rube saying it, that has never played the game, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Just shoot it. You're close. Just shoot it, man. It's fine. <laughs> Be like, shoot! That's everybody in every yeah. professional hockey arena in the universe when the yeah. team is on the power play that's all they do is yell shoot and that stupid jackass is my turn favorite. out that they're right <laughs> even though they drive everybody crazy i know at the end of the day it may turn out that those idiots have a point yep crazy shit can happen my favorite my favorite story about advanced stats is last year the advanced stats showed that the maple leafs were basically the luckiest team in the history of the world in that they were not generating any shots. The other teams were out shooting them routinely 2-1. to one. And so Toronto being the biggest media market in the league, somebody took these advanced stats to the, to the top guys and said, well, what do you think of this? What, you guys are getting killed. How long can this luck last? And they said, listen, we, we, we track our own puck possession, and we, we're, we're, we're winning that, so don't worry about it. So, yeah. so one of these advanced stat guys sat down and watched every game with a stopwatch in either hand, tracking puck possession, and found out that the stats were actually about right. Toronto was getting killed in every game and getting lucky, which then showed towards the end of the season as they sort of collapsed and went from one of the better teams in the East uh, down the playoff order and eventually collapsed horribly in the playoffs, which was sort of funny for anybody who's not from Toronto. There is no better feeling than people like that getting their comeuppance. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach uh, back in the day, Raheem Morris, has been the most heated anti-stats guy in the world, and now he's like went from a head coach to a fucking assistant tight end coach or whatever just because he <laughs> just refuses to look at anything um, that's indicative of performance. You know, like that's not, you know, it's people that care about your sport, buddy, you should pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I so think I uh, it, the most interesting thing is that the stats guys are always presented as, you know, not caring about the sport or not watching the games. It's like, that's the reason why we care about <laughs> yeah. stats is because we love the game so much. You watch it more than anybody else. <laughs> that's the whole point of it. I have to. to pay. Yeah, exactly. Jerks. So we, we wanted to talk a little, and we've sort of been talking about this the whole way along, been talking about what the numbers show for the Wild. And, you know, I, I looked a little bit at some of these advanced numbers, the your Corsis and your Fenwicks and your PDOs and stuff for the Wild this season. And they it sort of is a downward spiral from the start of the season in that they were they were sort of around the – they were sort of around a thousand for PDO at the start of the year, and they were out shooting their opponents some of the time, not all of the time, but some of the time. And since about the middle of December, it's basically gone down to they're never out shooting their opponents almost. And when they do get out shot, it's generally on the order of seventy to thirty-five or something like that. Just something totally. Total destruction, which is sort of why I've been predicting them to go into a tailspin every week for the past five podcasts, which they haven't done. So now we've moved on to my alternate theory involving Mike Yo being a wizard. But <laughs> no, they 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 aren't shooting the puck, um, and it's maddening. Um, 
but in fairness, they've just been decimated by injuries. Um, you know, when you lose, basically, you lose Koivu, Parisi, and Harding. Harding has a 77 for his, what we call the uh, GA percent minus, which is goal allowed, or goals allowed percent relative to the rest of the, relative to the rest of the league. So 100 is average. So basically, Harding is at 77. So he's 33% better than the rest of the league at allowing goals. And he hasn't been playing. Uh, wow. Kemper is at 90. He's been playing great. Which is um, a shock to everyone who saw him play earlier this year. Yep. Um, Backstrom, you know, before he was kind of sidelined, he was at 116. So he was 16% worse than average uh, than the rest that of the league. That actually is better than I would have expected. <laughs> um, so, so that's the, so you know it's good that Kemper's in there. It's good that he stepped up. But losing Harding, losing losing Parisi, and losing Koivu, you know, you just rip the heart out of the team, basically. Um, and so it's amazing that they've done as well as they have, actually. Which goes back to my earlier theory about Mikey O being a wizard. Probably. So I I don't know if I don't know if you still have the Corsi numbers up in front of you, but I, I did want to dig in a little bit if we still have those numbers up to who is good on the wild and who is not good on the wild, or according to those numbers. Maybe we can have um, Clarence make his sweeping generalizations and then see if the numbers actually prove it out to be true. Okay, I can do that. That's a good idea. Let's start there. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I at the beginning of the season, as you know my theory was, and it wasn't based on advanced statistics. I'm not against them in hockey. I, I just simply don't. I know some things. I don't know. You don't know how to read. You're an eyeball guy, though. I, I don't know as much as Hans, obviously. But, you can't but say I, you don't understand advanced stats. We've been talking about them for the last 45 minutes. I didn't at the beginning of the season. Now now I am a, a Rhodes Scholar in advanced stats. Yeah, there you go. But no, my, my point at the beginning of the season was what I'd like to see the Wild become because they have the guys to do it, is a puck possession team that shoots a lot. Uh, sacrifice, don't use guys like Veyu and Rupp and Kanapka. Use guys like Paula and Zucker and uh, Fontaine. Guys that are, are, are highly skilled, can possess the puck, have speed, and take a ton of shots. And what I'm seeing is... Like, you know, tonight, for the second night in a row, they scratch a guy like Zucker in favor of a guy like Rupp. And the things that Rupp brings to the table are, are difficult to measure with advanced stats. You know, they talk about toughness and defense and all this Great. stuff. He brings I don't, to the don't table. think he's very good at even those heart? things. Even those things they're asking him to do, he's not very good at. And and they are, to some extent, paying for it. They, you know, they're not score. They don't score a lot. Um the way that they're winning, if they do win, is is hard to quantify. It's hard to explain. Uh, they're getting completely outshot. Their goaltending is bailing them out. Is really the way that I I, I see it. Um, that's the sweeping generalizations I would make. Is the way that I'd like to see them play, and the way that Yo and the players that Yo chooses to play, and that Fletcher chooses to have on the roster, uh, they're two different things. They don't they don't correlate. And I think that that's what has limited a team with one of the highest payrolls in the in the league to, to being a barely a playoff team. They have a ton of talent that they don't utilize as well as I'd like to see. Does the, do the numbers play that out? Um, 
Well, let's see. Of the of the players that actually played probably, you know, 15 or more games this year, uh, Veyu is just terrible. Um, <laughs> okay, good. That makes me feel good because I, I, I thought that. And the only person worse is Knopka. Uh, Knopka is, right? let's see. I'm just looking at point shares. Yeah, I'm trying to see here. But, yeah, I mean, you're you're right about that. Zucker actually has not been... You know, they're just not shooting oh, what he's on the ice. Well, they're asking him to play a role that that he, that's not his role. It would be like saying, that's, "Well, that's something uh, that I would want." That Ryan I Ryan Dolan, well, you know, he's just not doing very well at shortstop. Well, fuck, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, they're they're not nice asking, zone rating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so there is how I, do you measure that when they put him in a role that he's not? He's ill suited towards. And, you know, honestly, Kanapka. Uh, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And stats don't measure the role that they ask him to play. Either he's a, he's a goon. That is also a face-off specialist. Well, how does Fenwick and Corsi measure something like that? He may have horrible numbers, yeah, but, but that's not his role. Theoretically, if he's a face-off specialist, he's going to win face-offs, which is going to give the other team fewer shots and give the Wild more shots. So overall. the numbers will be played, yes. yeah, overall. Well, and, and so to some mind, extent. Oh, I'm going keep in mind that the, the whole point of Corsi is not that – I mean, it is it is shown that you know the more shots you take, the, the more goals you're going to make. But the reason why Corsi and Fenwick were kind of created was because they were found because we don't track because the NHL doesn't track possession um, time time of possession. It's a good it's a good um, proxy for that basically. So it, the number of shots correlates really well with time of possession, which makes sense, right? Because the sure. more you have the puck, the more you can shoot. Um, and time of possession correlates very highly with winning games. Again, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The more you have the puck, the more you're going to win. So, so what what it says when someone has a low Corsi isn't that you know it's not their job to control the puck or whatever. What it's saying is when he's on the ice, they're not they're as a team they're not controlling you know they're not shooting they're not controlling the puck as much as if so whatever he's doing he's not. It's, he's probably not helping them control the puck. So he's, that's kind of what it's saying. is It's not his job to control the puck, but he's not helping the other guys control the puck either. Okay. Um, Kyle Brodziak just got stoned on a breakaway, so. <laughs> well, let's talk about Brodziak. What are the what are the advanced stats 
say about Kyle Brodzik. I know what I see when bad. I watch him play. Really bad. Uh, and I know that he has a contract that I don't think he's providing the value for, but what are the numbers? They say he's bad. Um. <laughs> yes! Okay, good! <laughs> we're, we're, we're Not a victory, we've been generalizations. Yeah, so, Our OPS is super high on this. This is good. So, Brodzik, his, uh, his point share is, is a one. Um, so he's basically saying that he contributes about one point per um, season. Season. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not right. Um, but then if you look at, like, the Corsi, he's actually, you know, he's at minus... Minus 13, basically. So, again, he's really on the bottom of the team in terms of, of possession, in terms of controlling the puck. So, mm-hmm. him so with Bramlin, Mitchell, Prosser, Heatley, and Cook, and Brodine. Um, Michael Rupp actually has a two for Corsi, but keep in mind he's only played in nine games. So, that's yeah. that's a small, that could be a very small sample size problem. And he only plays six minutes a game. So, not only has he played a few games, but yeah. not very many. So. Yeah, there's not enough sample there to really make sure. a sweeping generalization based on that. Sure. We'll make a sweeping generalization at, uh, anyway. Mike Rupp sucks. <laughs> 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 no, they scratched Zucker in favor of Rupp tonight, yeah. so second night in a row. You know, sometimes uh, there's stuff on a top shelf, and you got to get it down, and if Mike Rupp's not around, you're not going to get it down. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got to have him on the fourth line. That's just how these yeah. things go. Sometimes your I mean, kid throws something on the roof, and you got to have a guy around to, to get it off. One thing, yeah. so one thing that the, the Wild also don't do that much, and if you, one thing that we really like is uh, if you've ever used it is like the play indexes on the sites. Um, mm-hmm. There's a sure. season finder, game finder. That's mm-hmm. kind of where you can really start digging into stuff. And you know, I like to pull down all the defensive players and kind of see which defenses are really because you're the good teams the the defense scores goals. Not as many as the forwards, but and the wild defense just does not score goals. No. So you look at some I mean, Brodeen never shoots. Like we said, Stoner could play without a stick and it wouldn't matter either way. Right. Suter probably um, he was probably the most offensive defenseman. Well he's had such a drought there for a while that his numbers are skewed that way. You know, he's come back, bounced back lately. Um, um I've been so I basically I'm just on the Wilds uh, main page for the season and I'm, I've got it sorted by point point shares and then you can kind of uh, compare that to uh, time of ice for the seasons. You can see like you know because that helps sort of normalize it versus who's been around, who's been injured, and all that right. sort of stuff. One dude who I've not heard anybody talk about really all year that seems to have been pretty effective is. Um, I, I can't mispronounce this. Justin Fontaine? One of, one of the guys I've been, I've been trumpeting to play more. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because he's, he's been – he's 2.8 point shares, which is, you know, only 10th in the team, which isn't great, but he's played in about a third or a half the minutes as some of the other guys. So he seems mm-hmm. to be the most effective sort of on a per-minute basis, um, I guess besides your Suter and, and uh, John Broden. <laughs> And where did, where did Justin Fontaine play his college hockey, Brandon? Justin Fontaine played at... Brandon. Where, Brandon. Why would I be asking you, do you think? Why would we even ask... Why would you get asked the question like this? Is it a bulldog? Yes. <sighs> Justin Fontaine's a bulldog? God, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I wonder if I went to school with him. How old is he? 
No, he's too young. No, he's he's twenty six. Okay, good. I, I would have been embarrassed if he was like at one of my parties or something. <laughs> um, Follows you on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> best friend. Oh, fucking yeah! No, no, right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Way to go, Justin. I love you, man. Well, I'm I'm glad to know that Stefan Vu and Kyle Bradziak both suck. Well, according in full to disclosure, John, I think I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I haven't, you know, I haven't looked at them lately. But I, I'd be willing to venture a guess that Koivu's numbers are better than you think. I know that, advanced stats play out better than than you th- than you think. Hans, what what do they show? Um, you know, in terms of in terms of point shares, he's about three, which is you know he's about seventh on the team. Um, in terms of Corsi, he's far and above the best player on the team. Uh, yeah, fifteen point five uh, shot differential when he's on the ice. So when he's on the ice, you know they are controlling the puck. Um, and I think that I think that's you know it's I think that's pretty clear when I mean I I guess it's not that clear when you watch him, but it just you know. He has been one of the few really great players on the team this year, I think. Yeah. Well, well I mean, he's hurt now, so I think if you if you're watching, I think Pominville, it's it's almost inarguable that he's been the best player on the team. Is when you take into account who's actually played and hasn't gotten hurt, and who's been the if you want to call it an MVP of the team, that always get you get bogged down in the what does value mean and all that stuff. It's got to be Pominville, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I think he's when you're talking about the the forwards and stuff like that. I think, yeah, definitely without question, um, he's the healthiest he's, good player on the team. Right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's been on the ice lately. You know, um, the numbers you know, seem to love Suter. Is that just because he's a defenseman? He's on the ice constantly, so he he's plays kinda, thirty minutes a game. Yeah, he's, he's very good. Okay, yeah. right, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that that definitely. I mean, on right under Suter is Josh Harding. So. Um, yeah, sure. In terms of point shares. So. Yeah. Okay. So I think in conclusion, if Mike well, just listened to us, and also if we could magically prevent everybody from getting hurt, the Wild would be a better team. Does the one, in conclusion, what I want to ask is, do the numbers conclude that Danny Heatley should be shot into auto outer space. <laughs> Can you put a little cartoon gun next to his? Yeah, to mean, like a big cannon that he gets shot into <laughs> the atmosphere. I'll tell you, when I watch him, I do want that to happen. Um, <laughs> all right. Me too. Hey, all right. Um, you know, the numbers, he's not the worst guy on the team. He's not the best guy on the team. Um He's a he's a placeholder, basically. You know, he's a replacement level. He's a giant zero, is what you're telling us. <laughs> he's and a the giant nothing not, burger in a number fifteen jersey. To be a nothing guy, right? He's not. No, a, okay. He's not. He's getting paid high salary, and that there are guys that are getting less minutes than him that could be providing more value to that could play better, but he's blocking them because they're paying him seven and a half million, so they feel like they have to pay him. Play right. him as a top six forward, which makes no okay. sense, right? It's a sunk cost. Every every sport does this. Every sport there's and it's baseball, really especially idiotic, there's a guy in Triple A that's that's killing, you know, tearing up Triple A, but he's blocked by a guy that they paid ten million dollars to to play left field, you know, that's hitting 
two ten, but they paid him ten million dollars. It's just the way every it's so stupid. Does. It doesn't make sense. You have to pay him that anyway. You already paid him. It's like sticking exactly. around for an awful movie that you paid for just because you paid for it. It's the but same it's, thing. But it's like you paid $10 million for that movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting and my money's worth. You guys leave Josh Willingham out of this. And Tombstone is playing next door, but you yeah. refuse to yeah. go over there and watch that because you already paid for this shitty movie. Yeah, because they've been playing Healy on the second line, I think, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that's just, he should be on like the third or fourth line. Maybe the fifth line, yes. or <laughs> even better, the second line of another team somewhere. Or driving Zamboni at the Wyndham fucking fairgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> the Wyndham fairgrounds. I don't know. They have a drove or something in Wyndham. Yeah. I can't imagine that the city's got one. It's got to be at the county fairgrounds, their ice rink. I don't know, John. I'm just spitballing here. Yep. All right, let's do the standard guest interrogation, because I always like that. Hold on, hold on. I wanted to ask one more question. No, there's no We've time. Talking, All right, fine. One more question. We've been talking about this, and I've been getting shit for it. Um, well, um, I get shit no matter what, but um, most specifically regarding the uh, playoff probabilities. Oh, yeah. Um, most, obviously, the shit that I've been getting is because I keep spewing out that the um, Timberwolves might make the playoffs. Um, but I am curious about how you calculate something like that, because right now it shows that the Wild should be in as an eight seed. Uh, 55%. Mm-hmm. So, but these numbers, you know, they do stay fairly constant, but, you know, in a week from now, it could be 42%. It could be 65%. So, is this also predicated on um, SRS and kind of playing out the future games, not assuming yeah, any injuries I mean, or anything like that? SRS is, a, SRS is a predictive measure. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you much about the past. It tells you really about the future. It's trying to tell you something about the future of, you know, um, how many goals or how many points or whatever um, above average that they're playing at. And so using that information, you can use that to simulate games and then um, generate some probabilities on, you know, basically running a, running a Monte Carlo simulation. You can just sort of play out statistically what, what can happen randomly and then come up with some numbers. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a predictive system. So it's, it's, you know, it's not going to be right all the time. It's not going to be right probably most of the time, but most systems aren't right all the time. It's the best you can possibly do at this point in time because you don't know, uh, obviously, trades, injuries, uh, lineup changes, all that sort of stuff that you just can't predict. But you're basically saying if the Wild continue to play as they've been playing thus far, they will make the playoffs 55% of the time. Or in the past, a team just exactly like this has made the playoffs 55% of the time, right? Right. Okay, okay. Fair enough. So, I mean, you know, I guess uh, if it's, it's sort of like with uh, like Nate Silver, like if he's right, he looks like a genius, and if he's wrong, everybody lambasts him for trying to think he could guess stuff, so... Yeah. Well, you can um, always say, hey, you know, I only said it was a 92% chance. There, that right. 8% came up. You know, what are you going right. to do about it? The fun, part really about, the fun part about Nate Silver <laughs> is that everybody lambastes him even though he's right. right. Yeah, How was, dare you like, predict these things that are easily predictable for you? Um, yeah, that was a it, high point for us geeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, uh, Neil Payne, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he, was, he worked at... Uh, Sports Reference up until um, January. He now works for <laughs> Nate Silver. Mm-hmm. Up so. until you pushed him out the window. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. Tragically, his brakes were cut. We've got the bad guy from Die Hard pushed him out. <laughs> well, we made it past an hour before the first Hans Gruber reference got here. <laughs> yeah. She's never heard it. Yeah, yeah of no, course. I haven't. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that's all of the uh, nerdy questions I have. Um, that was incredibly um, interesting to me. I know. What is wrong with this podcast all of a sudden? People might learn something <laughs> listening to this. All things no. considered. Well, <laughs> or they just stopped listening an hour ago. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's par for the course. There are a number of people who heard. And we're going to be talking to HockeyReference.com person Hans Van Sluten about click. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to talk about jokes this week. Damn it. <laughs> we'll get to the farts folks? later. If you're still with us, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, this is probably wonderful. more than you guys have talked about hockey the entire time your podcast I know. Existed. Yeah, I'm Brandon. Well, John and Clarence don't want to talk hockey. Brandon and I are always saying, you know, guys, you really have more puck talk. We're really on, smart Brandon. at this. I have a lot of analytics, exactly. and Clarence is just like, hey, if you're not actually watching the games, then I don't give a fuck. Broden. <laughs> Broden. John Broden. I'm going to start a podcast with Clarence and Hans, and it's going to be the best hockey podcast ever. It, oh, it probably would. The sportive. It's just going to be me bitching about Yaramir Yager. That'll be the first 45 <laughs> minutes. Every week. You guys could take over and actually do analysis. Don't you hate Patrick Waugh even more? Oh, Wow. That's getting into existential questions, Brandon. Do I hate Patrick Waugh or Yarmi Yager more? How can I hate more than infinity? Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Is there something beyond endless? Yeah. I'd have to go for a drive. Like, the answer is none. None more black. A long, winding road drive and just sit and think about it. I got that reference, John, by the way. All right, good. I'm glad one person did. Spinal tap. All right, guest interrogation time. All right, Hans, we've got a few questions for you. Um, just off the top of your head, you don't need to think about this too much because they're not that interesting and not worth your time to think about. Um, uh, cake or pie? Pie, definitely. Ugh, gross. You're wrong. Oh, no. um, <laughs> what would be your recommendation for the most underrated movie? Most underrated movie? Underrated. Hmm. <sighs> Watch so many movies. And, uh, yeah, I don't, that's a tough one. You going to pass? I'm going to pass on that one. Don't worry. Nick Nel- Still not the worst answer. <laughs> Nick Nelson picked <laughs> Freddy Got Fingered, so your answer is late years ahead of that one. And he didn't just pick it. He picked it immediately and with gusto. Yeah. And then defended it. Went oh, on to defend it for yeah, minutes. Oh. All right. Uh, your favorite condiment? Favorite condiment? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably uh, like uh, yellow mustard. Yellow mustard, good. I like it. Classic. <sighs> Clarence has to sigh every time someone doesn't answer ketchup. Yep. Ketchup is disgusting. It is. Oh my god, not great. You. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 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 You're playing with fire, Hans. That's that's uh, why I asked Chicago this question. For 15 years though, so. You're not allowed to have ketchup there. Well, that's because they don't put it on their hot dogs, which is good. Ketchup doesn't belong on a hot dog. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But then they think that that, it spins out of control. That means mayonnaise on on fries. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't belong on fries. That doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) I just want want to be clear. I don't care if you guys put ketchup on your hot dogs. (laughs) I just don't put it on mine. 
That's I care. not I the type should. of respect yeah. that we no. want around here, Han. That's no. where you're different no. from us. No, I hey, want everyone to play my world. I'm okay with your... Uh... <laughs> That's okay. These are my choices. They don't have to I be your choices. That, run line of that is directly in opposition to everything we've ever said on this podcast. Yeah, that was that was weird. That's uncomfortable. Um, okay, um, Guilty Pleasure Song. Oh, that stupid song from last summer during they played during baseball all the time uh, from that girl. Um, that Stu, song? we're going to go to you. For Carly Rae Jepsen? Uh, Carly Rae yeah. Jepsen. Yeah. yeah uh, call Me Maybe? Call Me Maybe. Yeah. Good one. Good guilty yeah. pleasure. That is good. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> I'm stunned that Clarence got there before I did. I'm not going to lie to you. Stu is mainly going through a back catalog of Pitchfork albums. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Pop culture. (laughs) Um, All right, what is your drink of choice? Drink of choice, huh? I'm pretty Mm -hmm. much a coffee person, but I drink a lot of Red Bull too. So, okay, I don't coffee and Red Bull. Coffee and Red Bull. Yeah, I'm not a. I I don't drink too much. I drink a beer once in a while, but I'm not a big drinker anymore. So uh, I'm not we'll interested in sleeping. Hangover cure question then. <laughs> <laughs> Answer: Coffee and Red Bull. Yeah. All right. Uh, Actually, you if the... you take a if you take a vitamin B before you go to bed and drink a lot of water, that helps. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Uh, as often as I get drunk, there's and that's awesome advice and zero chance that ever happens. <laughs> the drinking I do, yeah, I, end up, I wake up, you know, in the corner and five counties over, and I have no idea how I got there. And yeah, if you're thinking like, clearly before you go to bed, that's a uh, no. That's not happening. Yeah, no, that's nope. somebody would have to physically give me the vitamin B, and then you know, do the thing on the throat where they force it down your <laughs> throat, catch whether up. massage or yeah, your larynx. Yeah. The thing Basically, is it's like giving your dog the heartworm pill. The thing is, I'm yes. I'm 38, so I uh, you know my liver it it was done after the 20s. So. Oh, there you go. I'm 38 too. For a couple, uh, a I'm couple 38 too. I fought through the burn. That's what I have. <laughs> it's like lifting weights. You just gotta you know, just fight through the burn. There you but go. Good for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, you win the lottery. What is your dumbest, most extravagant purchase? Uh, the twins. Nice. That's the spirit. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what is your worst behavior at a sports game? This is either a, as a player or spectator. My worst behavior? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty laid back guy. So yeah. I mean, Get I went to a lot town. of. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a. Uh, uh-huh. Is anybody else getting the Michael Sarah? And Juno, so I have this kind of very laid yeah. back. Yeah, I like that. Um, I was a little worried to ask this I, question. I did live. Uh, I did live in Chicago for a, a long time, so I was at Wrigley Field, and that whole uh, that's just like the world's biggest beer garden. So back in the day, yeah, we used to get drunk and shout and have, you know, just swearing with kids around us and stuff like that. So, that but nothing. Hey, Clarence. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rosemount wedding. <laughs> Clarence's kids are in his lap right now. <laughs> yep. Uh, what was your very first concert? Uh, first concert was uh, Bob Mould, um, First Avenue. Whoa. Wow. Oh, doing you guys awesome. love this guy. You guys love this guy. Oh, that I is do love this guy. Pretty incredible. My uncle cites That's Bob Mould at First Avenue as his favorite concert he's ever seen in his life, and that was your first one. 
Wow, yeah. That was back in 93 or 94 somewhere. So. Wow. wow. Um, okay, Stu wants to one. be best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best guest we've ever had. That's all there is to it. Um, last one. Uh, what is number one on your sports bucket list? Number one, like as in... Number one thing you want to do, bucket list, sports related. Oh, Go somewhere, related? see something, whatever. Um, I have drinks with well, It can't be by the twins because you already said that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me over um, now, in terms of experience, you know, I do want to, my wife and I, I was, I was lucky that my wife loves baseball um, as much as I do. So, you know, our plan is to go and see all the baseball parks, you know. How far have you made time, it so, so far? I've only made it through about five of them, and oh. she's probably only made it through a couple. So we've got a long way to go and got to start making plans for that. But What's um, your favorite one so far? Um, Target Field's great. Um, I actually like Miller Park uh, quite a bit. And um, actually, I was just out at Philly, just out at the Phillies, and Citizens Bank is actually, you know, it's not the greatest park in the world, but it's it was a lot better than I expected it to be. So um, I've actually enjoyed all the parks. Actually, I think Wrigley is probably the worst that I've been to. Oh. I know that's a sacrilege, but, you know, it's like being in someone's, like, wet basement when you're on the concourse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, been to, I've been to Citizens Bank at Philly. It is a lot nicer than I expected. It's... You know, if they moved Target Field to, like, Richfield and then made it out of more maroon steel than, you know, the limestone that they've got, it's it's nice. It's got kind of the no, same it, feel to it. I think if Citizens Bank was downtown Philadelphia, it would be a great park. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, I think they should always be downtown baseball stadiums. Yes, yeah, definitely. I, if, if I'd I mean, love it if Target Field wasn't in Minneapolis, but you already know that. Well, it's just there's 81 games, you know. It's got to be kind of a fabric of the city. No one's going to drive yeah. out to fucking Blaine. I would. Oh, uh, well, Blaine, some people I would. would. Yeah. Well, well I know that you're coming in from, yeah. yeah. Um, Target Field's really easy to get in and out of, though. I mean, compared to some parks. Yeah. I mean, you can em- They empty that place out so fast, and, you know, you can get right on the highway. Um, like Wrigley. Wrigley is, like, right in the middle of, like, a, residential area and it's just bumper to bumper and it's a mess so i saw um, an article one time where um they have to have um they do something like there should be one parking spot for every five seats in a stadium or something within a certain radius and minnesota was one of the lowest meaning the best um and then there was half the parking for i think it's uh the nationals and it's supposedly the biggest nightmare on the planet imagine if you took Fifty percent of the parking spots within six blocks of Minneapolis just blew them up. Yeah. That'd be an absolute yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Lucky. My my previous uh, my previous job, I was working for an advertising firm called Olson, and they're literally in the Ford Building across the street from the park. So. I know Olson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I work with them. So, yeah. So I basically, just walk across the street and go to a baseball game. So. All right. Um, let's, let's move on to the more exciting, well, the, the different part of the podcast where we talk about the Super Bowl and mostly I, I think what we want to talk about is why we're so excited to have the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Does that make sense to anybody? Why are we asking to have, I mean, we haven't been given it yet, right? Or did I miss something? No, but why, why would we want it here? 
Why yeah, that's my question. This is Brandon's yeah. question. Well, I I don't want it here because um, you don't live don't, here. What the hell do you care? <laughs> because the entire national media for a week is going to be just bitching about Minneapolis not being uh, being too cold and just not being set up from Good. an infrastructure perspective to have that many people there. And I think Minneapolis is great, and it's going to get shit on. And I think it's stupid. Uh, why would you? I don't understand why you want it there. Just for the good. I hope they never come back. Cool city, and that's exactly right. I, I would welcome the opportunity to just individually tell each national media member to suck a big, giant, hairy dick. <laughs> that would be wonderful to me. Uh, I could care less the national media thinks about our city. Super Bowl yeah, fan fest is so going to be a little weird want here. Is what we're saying. Why wouldn't you have? Why wouldn't you want a big giant ass party in the middle of your town? I don't. I don't it understand. It sounds like that. it's going to be a really huge inconvenience for anybody who actually. I don't lives live in there. Minneapolis. I don't work there. I would go in. I would burn the city to the ground. I would drink every beer in town, <laughs> and then I would. Dude, you wouldn't even get home. into the city. You wouldn't even make it there. You're gonna oh, by the city oh, at this point. You mean uh, Joe Sensors in Bloomington? That's as Fine. close as you're gonna get. No, I'll make it to Minneapolis. I'm not too worried about that. And even if I don't, it'd be fun. But you hate you hate people. We we've established this. You hate human beings. There's going to be so many human beings around you. You could probably rent out one of your rooms then. Then. No, I hate people right up until like the third beer. Then it flips windmills around. 180, and I love everybody. Okay. All right. Well, it just doesn't make... I don't know. I just do not see that ending well for Minneapolis in any way, and there's going to be a lot of people who's who don't really know what Minneapolis is or what it's about, who their only impression is going to be from some jackass complaining national media member, and that's just not going to make it look good. And so, I, don't, I know that that's not like... Care? Again, I don't care, and two, it's not that's the first That's one factor... And that's a negative. That's a tiny little bit of a negative factor, right? And I don't see what I can't think of any positive to overcome that. That's just a tiny negative. I don't. I get annoyed when people talk shit about Minneapolis. Was it a giant negative when they hosted it before? This is this wouldn't be the first time. Did the national media shit on Minneapolis in '91? I was nine, so I have no idea. And also, it was I, I, I wasn't nine, and I'll remind you, they didn't. And it wasn't even half the business. Well, I have no idea what the percentage is, but it wasn't the business that it is now. The Super Bowl? Yeah. I feel like the coverage is just insanely uh, uh, bigger now. It was bigger. Uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty big. I guess, I mean, everything is bigger now, media-wise. So Yeah. So it wasn't shit on a 91. Is that what you're saying? I don't, I don't recall it. If it was, it, I don't. I remember it going just fine. Well, yeah, but if I rem- back then it was like there was it was Barrero and Roycey were your two sources of of information. It wasn't like a national. How would you have any idea if people were shitting on Minneapolis in Philadelphia? Hey, you know, I read Inside in- Sport magazine. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it wasn't really as as amplified as it is now. So again, that we can agree that it's not super fun to hear people um, be annoyed with your hometown, right? No, I, I honestly don't, I don't care what people have to say uh, about Minneapolis. So you're the guy at the dance that will never ask the girl because you're afraid of saying no. I, I, I don't want to be told that's that I'm a, a loser. That's a terrible analogy. That's not, it's exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Don't even, fear. don't even try it because they're just going to shit on us, so why even try? Oh, this metaphor is getting better. It's swinging around to good. 
Okay, so it's it's just now it's going to be a burden that I'm not going to be able to be on Twitter or watch SportsCenter or listen to any uh, sports radio for an entire week, and that's annoying to me because I usually don't have to think about avoiding the national media that passionately. Because you automatically assume that they'll hate Minneapolis. Um, that is a level of self-loathing that uh, I love Minneapolis. Typically, don't reserves- turn this around oh. on me. They're going to be mad because it's cold and they're a bunch of babies. It's not on me. It's on them. I love Minneapolis. I love it more than almost anybody. I just don't I want, see what the positive is and why, I want what the makes opportunity it to win them over. I want it. I want the opportunity to win them over. And not even Minneapolis. Take, let's take them over to uh, Shamrocks up west 7th, St. Paul. And uh, let's get, uh, oh, I don't know. Let's get Murray Chass fucking wasted over there. Uh, you know, what the hell? Whiskey. Yeah. You guys are 150. <laughs> Won't take much whiskey then. All right, so let's take out the national media. Let's say you guys don't give a shit about that. I just think it'll be no. annoying. Okay, so what about it's just there's going to be a ton of people in the city for a week and a half. You're not going to be able to get around anywhere. Like, don't wasn't care. it the uh, anyway. the um, national convention was here a few Was the Republican convention? Yes, um, that, that happened. Was it or tw- whatever? Um, I was working downtown at the time, and it was the biggest pain in the ass in the world. Um, I hated that, and I didn't. I don't really understand why that was good for Minneapolis. It, just thinking selfishly, like my drive to work sucked. And no, I couldn't go out to any bars afterwards. They didn't have the uh, level of light rail there then, Brandon. That's that's going to cure all, Brandon. The light rail? God, you're yeah. so in love with the light rail, man. Yeah, you know me. When did Clarence did Clarence just say something good about I was the light joking. rail? That was a joke. No, I think it wasn't that a joke. Was, no, it no, it was a Fucking joke. Fucking light rail. Obsessed with it. Just your oh, train God. bobos that won't shut up about how great the train so, is. So Brandon, what do you think about uh what do you think about the uh All Star game? I yeah, think that Brandon to me, the All-Star game doesn't seem to be as big of a media circus. And it's also in the middle of the summer, which is good news, because I think Minneapolis in the summer is really awesome. Um, and and I, I guess another thing that um, I just don't think it'll be as many people. Maybe I could be totally wrong about that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it seems like it would be annoying in from a transportation perspective as well. Um, and I guess another thing that I'm thinking is, I do think Target Field is great, you know, and I don't know what I'm going to think about the Viking Stadium when, when it's played there. I mean, it could, I guess it could be pretty sweet, right? The yeah. last drawing I saw looked um, pretty, no. pretty fucking Stadium? crazy looking. The new yeah. one? Oh, it's all yeah. good. Oh, my God, is it fucking horrible looking. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, that might, that might be a factor um, as well. But, yeah, for some reason, I'm not, I'm kind of looking forward to the All-Star game being there. All right. Let's talk about this year's Super Bowl. Who are you guys cheering for? Man. Um, Neither. Yeah, I guess a meteor. Um, I'm not. I'm cheering for Seattle because I put $5 on Seattle plus three. Um, but yeah, there's really. I don't know. I don't really know why I don't like the Broncos, but I just kind of don't. I mean, Peyton is kind of a goober, but he's not really hateable. Um, and they do have Eric Decker. Do you have Eric Decker? I played baseball against him forever. That was pretty cool, I guess. Uh, I don't know, man. Hans, who are you cheering for? Uh, Sherman. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> Richard Sherman fan. I want to see good. some I want to see some crazy crazy quotes. That stuff I love that stuff. I yeah, he's good at it too. He's really Huge good at that. And he's a smart guy too. Yeah. Super smart. Yep. Um yeah, I one thing I'm I'm actually I'm cheering for Seattle just a little bit because I have the $5 on them, but mostly I'm just I don't think I've been this excited for a Super Bowl matchup in I can't even remember how long. Um you know, there's argument that on Grantland, Bill Barnwell made that, the, you know, Denver is one of the best offenses, maybe the best offense in NFL history, um, even normalizing it throughout the years compared to the, you know, the Rams of 99 and Vikes of 98 and whatever else, this um, offense is better. And I think he made the case that Seattle's um, the, I think he said the 10th best defense of all time. So it's just unbelievable. I haven't seen anything like this. Um mm-hmm. I can't even remember when there was um, something this historical on the line. Um, so in that regard, I think it's going to be a fucking great game. Stu, who you got? Stu left Stu's us gone. a while back. His phone died <laughs> oh, about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. okay. Unfortunately, when Stu's not here, you really just don't know if he's listening or not anymore. It really was a good solid 10 minutes ago. He's awesome. very polite. Um, but I also, I'm having a hard time thinking like who should win the game too, because Denver has been killing teams, but it hasn't had a kind the kind of competition, um, from the NFC that Seattle has had to face and they haven't seen a defense like Seattle either. So, um, yeah, man, should be nuts. What the Vegas, the Vegas open just fluctuated back and forth. What did it settle at? What's it settled at two, um, Denver minus two. I got, um, my, I got the three, and so I got so I grabbed that really quick. But yeah, it's been settled on Denver too, which is basically a, like them throwing up and saying it's sure you know, they have no idea. Take them. Yeah. Anything, yeah, within three. So um, and that's really all you want is you just want to see a good game. You don't want one of these like first quarter blowouts. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are terrible. I agree. When was the I last also, time we had a really bad Super Bowl game wise? Um, game wise. Yeah, what was that? It's been a few years. There was that that Raven Giants one ended like thirty four to seven. That was pretty bad. Well, if you go to if you go to Pro Football Reference, you have like, <laughs> nice. We have win probabilities uh, throughout the game for the different Super Bowls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are charts of like how the games were going, and it's fun to like go back and look at them and see like where they just got blown out in the first quarter or if they actually like came back at the last minute and stuff like that. <laughs> that year that the 49ers played the Chargers, it just stayed at 100% for the 49ers. The whole time. <laughs> yeah. It never was at 0%. They kicked off and then it was over. <laughs> I'll have to go back and look, but I imagine that um, Arizona Cardinals, Pittsburgh Steelers from what eight years ago or so must have been insane because didn't – sure. In Arizona, go up with like a minute left or two minutes left, and it had to be at least you would think in the eighties probability wise there, and then it all went the other way. So I got tackled up to three or two or whatever at the end, very end. Yeah, yeah that was the Titans and the Rams. That was probably a good one too. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah. No, I I can't remember being this excited. I mean, I was really excited for that Patriot season when they were undefeated, just because I thought that'd be pretty fun. Um. But besides that, I haven't really given a shit in the past few years, really. So, well, so that's good. You guys know that I'm in the bag for the Seahawks, so I'm fairly nervous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You actually have somebody to root for. Yeah. That's weird. Very weird. 
Um, anything else we want to mention yet? Should we talk about the Vikings and how they need to trade up? I mean, I think that's the story and the end. Got to trade up. The end. Everybody knows it. I believe that Mansfield will be there at eight. Uh, I believe. You're a lunatic. You believe they're going to get the number one pick. How am I supposed to trust you? Well, just because I believe that. You hurt me once. Doesn't hurt me mean, once, oh, so now for the rest of time, that's it. Then that's, no, no, it just means never the believe again. Time. No, 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 don't. Just the next time. Once this doesn't happen, then or once one other thing happens, we'll be back to even. But right now, you're a negative one. You hurt me, man. That's fine. well. I'm going to make it up to you with this. That Manziel will be there at eight. Teams will talk themselves out of it, and uh, the heartbreaker will be that Spielman will pass it on him too. <laughs> I love that prediction. Yeah. I saw that old Bork Bladels is getting some steam for the top pick now. Don't. Don't go. Don't do that. Nobody's going to pick Bork Bladels number one in this. For the top one? That's all all steam. That's all smoke. It's all agent. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, that's all. Agent calling around. Hey, I'm hearing this thing. All right, I'll print this. Already playing the smoke and mirrors game on who they're going to take. That's Spielman loves that shit. He's a horseshit liar. He thinks he's just the greatest liar in history. <laughs> fucking horrible liar. Everybody knows what you're up to, Dick Spielman. <laughs> oh, I love how you mentioned it. Rick Spielman's name gets mentioned, and immediately the number of swear words in this podcast triples. <laughs> just, you know, yeah. A swear word probability chart that just, <laughs> which just skyrockets. And, yeah. You should do yeah. That. 100%. com. I just, uh, I don't see quarterbacks slipping in drafts very often. Just to me, it seems like it's the opposite where guys just move up. Like Cutler uh, was a nobody. He moved up. Obviously, Ponder, I don't, I didn't, I had never heard of his name before, and I kind of pay attention to whatever. Um, it just seems like this happens. Um, Blake, whatever the fuck we talked about him last week, I already forgot. Blaine Gabbert. Um, it just seems to happen all the time. These guys keep moving up. I don't really see dudes slipping. Does that happen? Am I? Well, there was Aaron Rodgers like 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's he slipped by what? One team, right? No, I mean, he slipped just... by like 20 picks. They thought he yeah, was going to be a top slipped. 10 guy, and he went 26 or whatever. Well, they did, but I thought what it was, after he missed that last whatever, they're like, okay, well, it's not going to be anybody for sure the next 14, 16 picks or whatever. For whatever reason at that time, they thought that they were – they were fine, but I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong, actually. Right. No, I think they move up more than they move down. I think you're right in that aspect. It's not that they never move down, but they right. do move up more often. Will Bortles be one of them that moves up? Maybe. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's the fever dream I'm having. Is that he'll go ahead of Manziel, mm-hmm. and that's why Manziel will be there. Today. Oh, you're right. Okay. All right. I don't I have the I'm... particulars of why. Johnny's there at eight. That's just what I see. It was a dream you had. Fever dream. I, oh, yep. I was, I was sick. I had the flu. We and just learned up. so much from Hans about statistics and analytics, and then you just sort of were right back to even. <laughs> now we're out of the fever dream. After <laughs> you put in some validity to your fever dreams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think Johnny Johnny football is uh, the next Tebow? I don't. I really don't know. I fuck. I don't know. If this, I think it'd be fun as hell. That's why I'm pushing <laughs> for him. What uh, Clarence I is think, rooting for is for Johnny Football as the quarterback and Brett Favre as the quarterback coach. 
And for Manziel and Zimmer to get in a fist fight on the sidelines in week one, I can Both. see it. Just a Shirts shirtless fist fight. Immediately. Yeah, First quarter. Old Manziel's pads are off. What in the hell? And not like a fight like you see nowadays where everybody just grabs and grapples and stuff like an old school 80s, two Irishmen outside of a bar, you know, with their with their fists up, and the one guy goes, Choosh, like that, punches him, and the guy takes it. That kind of fight. Just you mean much. like where they uh, take their wrists together? <laughs> yeah. Is that how that works? <laughs> kind Back of. In the 50s? Yeah, and they have the curly mustaches and their bald, big bald heads, and then they, poosh, they punch. Shaking their fists in front of their face. That's right. Yeah, that's what I see happening. I just think it'd be a blast. This fever dream just keeps getting more and more logical. Well, I just think it'd be fun. It's how Manziel and and Zimmer together would be fun as hell. And Norv Turner just standing there, his thumb up his ass, staring at it all, not knowing what the hell to do. <laughs> scratching his head. <laughs> but uh, it will only be fun if he's good, right? I mean, it's not it's not enjoyable in football to watch bad quarterbacks in any capacity. It's a very good right? point, as we've learned for the last three seasons. <laughs> I, I remember talking myself into Joe Webb in that playoff game when Ponder was out. I was like, hey, you know what? It'll be fun either way. Yeah, I know he sucks. He's terrible. We're going to lose. But, hey, maybe he'll have some moments. And, like, four <laughs> minutes into the game, point. I was like, all right, good night. All right. This is not fun. Drinking and, not, and it's <laughs> not like I'm thing? just going to keep watching. Like, this is terrible to watch bad quarterbacks. I mean, it's really like it hurts my eyes. Well, I mean, they're so, so important compared to every other player on the field. I'm sure that's why they go so early in the draft. I mean, they're... They're so much more important than everybody else on the field. Yeah. Yeah, Clarence. <laughs> Take that, Clarence. <laughs> All right, let's wrap, let's wrap it up here. Anybody else got anything to mention? Um, no, I thought it was really interesting. I thought the advanced statistical hockey talk was extremely interesting. Yep, this is yeah, one of my favorite cool. podcasts. Thanks for coming yeah, on, Hans. Right. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to join. Um, so yeah, next week when Brandon and... Stu mysteriously don't get the invite and we just talk hockey again all next week. I'm really looking forward to that one, too. Well, there is a dearth of uh, smart hockey talk in the market, so I will. Um, I approve you guys doing it without me. I, think I don't want to be a part of it. Next week is this. this is all of the hockey talk I have in me for the next, I don't know, decade. Next week is the week that we're supposed to do it with uh, Gleeman and Bonus and not with Brandon, so maybe this is Perfect. just the start of something big. Well, you're not going to talk hockey with those guys. No, no, I think we probably well, I'm, will. Oh, I'm okay. talking hockey with those guys. Our yeah, goal all along, every time Gleeman's on, we make it a point not to talk baseball. That is true. I thought you'd only yeah. talk about Uptown. Yeah. Gleeman loves hockey. He's a hockey nah. guy. He's a hockey yeah, guy. Yeah, he went to a wild game. He loved it. <laughs> he went to a wild game. <laughs> he went to one game. <laughs> he went to one wild game. And he loved it. Fucking you know? super fan. Hans, do you, well, have a, do you have a good Aaron Gleeman story for us before we go? Uh, no, actually, I mean, um, he's, it's amazing. He's just a, he's a really quiet guy, like in real life. He's sort of just sort of, at least back when I met him, I mean, he's been going out on the town these days, so I don't know if he's changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe whiskey is all that he needs to change. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good friends with him or anything, but when we, you know, he kind of, you know, went out, went out during, uh, the Sabre conventions and stuff. He's just a really nice guy, actually. Um, so I don't really have anything bad to say about him. Oh, man. Damn, well, this doesn't help our feud. <laughs> Shit. That's no use for feud remains dead this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks to Hans for coming on. Go to HockeyReference.com. We, it's our favorite, and it's also the only sports data website that's ever tweeted in to correct one of our problems <laughs> during one of our podcasts. So 
You got to respect I would say, that. I would say go to all the sports reference yeah. sites yeah. if you have any interest in any of these sports and just start digging around. You're going to see and find some really, really incredible, insightful stuff. Yeah. You'll, yeah. You will get fired from your job, but you didn't like that job anyway. So. And we are, we are always working. I mean, we've got basically four full-time developers um, constantly adding new features to all the sites. So um, just keep well, checking us out. At your next staff meeting, take into consideration that shooting Danny Healy in outer space idea. I mean, don't say no right away. Yeah. Just think about <laughs> it. Put, just run some numbers and see if yeah. it makes sense. Think about putting yep. some stuff on Brian Rafalski's page. That's all we're asking here. <laughs> the we've, Polish got, sausage. we've got like $64 in sponsorship that we've got in the past yep. year. We'd love to devote to sending him off. If that would grease the wheels to get some of this going, yep. let us know. You just let us know. We'll make that happen. We'll leave the money here walk away. Yep. All right. Thanks, Hans. We'll see you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.